When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. For over 20 years, Dr. James Maxwell and his team at Crestwood Dental have been providing quality care to patients of all ages. They offer a variety of services from cleanings to cosmetic dentistry and restorations with today's most advanced technology, including the most up-to-date lasers, digital x-rays, and impressions. They offer Invisalign and custom aligners with their 3D printer. Crestwood Dental accepts most insurance plans and a membership program for uninsured patients. Schedule today at 314-463-5655 or Crestwood dental.com This is the Last Minute Blues Podcast with Jeff Burton, Donnie Fandango, and former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers. Powered by Together Credit Union. Empowering you to achieve your financial goals. It is the Last Minute Blues Podcast. Jeff Burton, Donnie Fandango, Jamie Rivers. Mr. Rivers, what's going on with you? Uh, well, Donnie, I am anxiously awaiting this evening. The NFL football season is Oh, it is? Got the defending Super Bowl champion, Los Angeles Rams. They're playing somebody. I don't know. It's Thursday night game. Man, hmm. I see what you're doing there, Jamie. What happened? You're trying to get a rise out of me, buddy. <laughs> Jamie, I am so excited for this football game. I have, I have, I cannot concentrate. I can't. But you know what, though, man? And I don't mean to get, like, cheesy and stuff, but it's why we love sports, man. It's like when the Blues have a playoff game or the Cardinals have a big game. Like, that day, the anticipation is so unbelievably amazing. But like I was telling you yesterday, man, like this is a really weird feeling for me, and I'm not used to this as a Bills fan, and that's being the favorite. You know, I mean, they're having with, expectations. You better believe it, man. <laughs> you know, so, so it's, uh, it, it, it's really exciting, but then also, too, I try not to get ahead of myself at all because you never know how injuries can go. The AFC is absolutely loaded. You know what I mean? Oh, so, yeah. like, they are going to have to deserve it if they are going to make it out of the AFC and make it to the Super Bowl. And, um, man, it's just it, – it's kind of crazy, though, Jamie, because, like, I've just been able – I've had the ticket now for four years, the Sunday ticket. So I've been able to, like, watch them build this, you know, and every week go, well, maybe maybe it's not too terribly far away. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> Starting to let myself believe. So – Really excited about that. And, like, my son's coming over, and we're getting Gus's chicken over in Maplewood. That's, like, go. my favorite uh, chicken. So, you know, man, we're making kind of a kind of a night out of it a bit. I like it. Yeah. You should. Hey, uh, I want to read a couple emails here right now. Yeah, let's do it. All right, and then we'll get on to whatever the hell's, hell yeah, else is we're going to talk emails about. Emails are good, Donnie. This is an email from uh, Rick. He says, uh, congratulations on your upcoming 100th episode. I've heard all of them, and some multiple times, and look forward to each new episode. We absolutely miss hearing our friend Jeff, but I appreciate you carrying on as he would have wanted. 100th episode. Did you know that? Uh, no. 
Yeah, me neither. I feel like we missed an opportunity. Right, me too. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Rick, for your is kind words. Is this our words. 100th or is this coming up? I don't know. I don't know either. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to huh. look. I feel like, again, that's something we should know. We'll have to check with the county. Right, right. All right, and here's, hold on for this one, buddy. Oh, boy. All right, and this one's from Alan. It's from who? Alan. Alan, okay. Right. One of the first emails ever read on this podcast was mine complaining about the Blues power play and how inconsistent it was, as well as one of the first mic drops on the Riz show giving the podcast praise. And I got to say, even without the funny, playful banter between Jeff and Jamie that endeared fans to the behind-the-scenes friendships that were less publicly known, you two have been doing amazing with this podcast. Jeff was my personal favorite on the Riz show because of his quick wit that was unmatched, but every podcast here without, without him and the beautiful one he called in on has felt like you two have picked up the torch and kept running. So thank you, Donnie and Jamie, for doing this, uh, not just for not... Thank you. So thank you, Donnie and Jamie, for doing not just Jeff Proud, but keeping the podcast alive and interesting and entertaining. I love this podcast and will forever be a fan and a spreader of the podcast to any and all Blues fans. I don't expect to get this email read as it's long-winded and sappy, <laughs> but this isn't uh, about airtime notoriety. This is praise from an original fan needing to praise the host of the show that lost their brother and continuing that their brother's dream. And that's from Alan. Wow. Wow. Um, well, that's why we're here. That's why we're here. Dude, what's so crazy, man, is in this job, doing it for like 20 years or whatever, I I oftentimes talk about the pain in the ass listeners. You know what I mean? The the mean ones, the crappy ones. Well, they're out there. They are, man. But like there is a host of Allens. And there's way more Allens than there are the the JOs. Yeah, because the 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 ones who are negative, they're heard the most because they complain the most. Whereas the Allens of the world just kind of are happy and and enjoy it and don't complain. But you don't, they don't use that to write anything or to bother you on social media or whatever. So the squeaky wheel always gets the oil, and in this case, the squeaky wheel is negative people. Yeah. Or haters in this world, yeah. as they call them. I just my whole phrase in life is I just keep the feet moving. Mm-hmm. I'm not stopping for the compliments or the negativity. I just keep the feet moving. I certainly appreciate the compliments. Love it. Love when people come up and say, "Hey, we love the podcast. We love the show. We know this, that, the other." Love it. But I don't require it. Yeah. And as far as the negativity goes, I just don't respond to it. Yeah. And I am, uh, I, I do, and I've said this to you before. I don't know if I said it on the podcast or off air, but I am absolutely picking up the Clem Coston uh, bandwagon this year in Jeff's honor. So I would like to officially, you know, uh, say that I'm going to be locked in on Clem Coston just like our buddy Jeff would be. Yeah, well, <laughs> and that well, that's a whole nother another can of worms. But did the homeboy only sign a one year or a one way deal? So he's either going to be here or he's going to get moved somewhere else. So here's why he signed the one way deal: couple reasons. Um, one, he has to clear waivers to go down. So sometimes maybe it's not as enticing to a team to pick up a one way contract floating its way down to the minors if if things don't go well. But a qualifying offer. Would have been somewhere around nine hundred thousand over whatever he would make in the minors. Let's just say a hundred thousand. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, if he plays in the NHL, you got him on the books for nine hundred grand. That's nine hundred grand on your cap. So now, if he plays in the NHL, it's only seven hundred fifty on your cap. 
Now, you may pay him 750 to play in the minors if he clears waivers, but that doesn't show up on the cap. So what, what Doug Armstrong with Tom Stillman did is said, okay, this is just cost of doing business. Clem Costin will make $750,000 this year, regardless of where he plays. This is a deal for us. We're willing to pay that cash if he plays in the minors. But if he plays up, we're getting a discount Got on it. his cap hit. Yeah. So it's all kind of built in together. There's a business strategy behind it and hopefully a motivation behind it for, for Clem Costin. Hopefully he you know, shows up at camp. He's ready to go. Talk to numerous people who would love to see him get an opportunity on that third line. They, they like the look of a Barbashev, Shan, and Clem Costin. Uh, you know, those three guys are built very similarly. They play very similarly, but Clem Costin's got to elevate his game. Yeah. He's got to elevate his game and his consistency. And we got to be able to see it because you can, I mean, like you can see when he's out there doing it and boy, you can absolutely see when he's not. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing is he disappears, right? He becomes invisible, which is not good when you're supposed to be a power forward. A hundred percent. And so he's going to have to prove a lot in camp. There's, but the great, the good thing is there's opportunity there. There is opportunity available for someone like Clem Costin if he can seize the moment. Are the guys are the guys back on the ice now? I mean, I know oh, yeah. that they've been training, but are they? No, they're back. There's like 30 guys on the ice every Holy day. Holy cow. Oh, yeah, it's crazy. And so that's just them practicing on their own again. No coaches around yet. Well, they're coaches, just not team coaches. Sure. Yes. <laughs> sure. Not not official members of the St. Louis Blues coaching staff. Correct. But, a, 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 you know, a, a Rivers might get thrown in there. It's possible. Uh, maybe. Just Maybe. maybe. So, like, when they're, you know, this early in the year, you know, what are they doing? Are they just kind of getting their wheels about them? Are they, you know, like, what's the... We're running through some pretty pretty intense practices now. Like, of course, none of the contact stuff, because players don't need that. Right. right? But a lot of flow, meaning, you know, a lot of skating, passing, shooting, quick up-tempo drills, um, you know, two and three guys involved in the drill at the same time, because you got to keep the guys moving. You get 30 guys on the ice, that's not optimal for a high-intensity practice. It's difficult to find... Stuff for everybody uh, stuff to for do. Everybody do. So, mm-hmm. you know, what I try and do is build a practice plan where there's two or three guys or sometimes even four guys involved in the drill at the same time. That way there, when you're, you know, you up the tempo and you're picking up the pace of it, now you get four guys going, they get a rep, and then four more guys and four more guys. Do the math. You're up to 30 pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And you keep the pace going for, you know, probably 45 minutes to an hour. Wow, man. That's got to be incredible. I, I, I don't know. I, it's, it's the fanboy in me here. And we kind of talked about this a little bit off the air. And, and it kind of plays into, you know, how the pieces work and for this team in the upcoming season. But, you know, you made a really amazing point to me before we went on and started recording. And how David Perron's absence is going to affect Ryan O'Brien. Yeah. And then I started to get sad again. <laughs> <laughs> One, because Perron's not here. And two, because potentially an, uh, another hole. Is that who is going to get the first crack yeah. at Phil in that? So here's where my head went the other day okay. was we've been focusing on what we're losing from David Perron and his power playability, the goals, you know, the leadership, all of those things like, Oh man, but what are we losing from Ryan O'Reilly with David Perron no longer here? Cause I was like, man, you know what? Those two almost shared a brain. They played very similar styles of, of the hockey. They're both really good in the trenches, the cycle game down low, the puck possession game. They were both strong defensively, all of these things. And I'm like, so who becomes David Perron now for Ryan O'Reilly? It's easy to say, well, Cairo gets elevated to that line. Cairo is nothing like David Perron. Not at all. Not at all. At least not now. Not right now. Yeah. Correct. So if we think that Jordan Cairo is going to fill the void, 
I, I just don't know, right? It's a lot to put on him, too. It's a lot. It is, but he had 70-plus points last year. But does his style of play mesh well with Ryan O'Reilly and whoever else? I'm anticipating Brandon Saad getting an opportunity, and I'm anticipating that the Blues coaching staff will look at Brandon Saad as the David Perron for Ryan O'Reilly. Okay. Um, the only thing I see is Brandon Saad's a really good player. He doesn't have the high-end skill level of David Perron. Sure. And people forget how good David Perron was with the puck. Try and get it away from him. You can't. He's got one hand on the stick. You got him in a headlock. Another guy wrapped around his leg. And he's still moving. And he's still moving. And he's got full control of the puck. And he's dangerous. Very few people can do that. So to ask that of Brandon Saad, that's a tough one too, Mm -hmm. right? Um, So my head, you know, things get spinning. Donnie the hamster got in its wheel, grabbed a partner. Hey, what the hell? They had a few beers. They're ready to go. (laughs) And I thought to myself, what would a good lineup look like? Top six. Mm Mm-hmm. Because once you get to the third line, right now you've got Shen and Barbashev that are staples, and then the rest of the guys are fighting it out. Top six, you think automatically, well, Thomas, Tarasenko, Buchnevich. Okay. And then you go, okay, well, then by default, O'Reilly, Kairou, Saad. There we go. I've got an idea. Okay. And we'll see if Craig Berube, uh listening to the podcast. We know he's a big fan. <laughs> What's up, Chief? How you doing, Chief? Hope you're <laughs> good. Um, what if, what if, stylistically, Jordan Cairo plays really well with Robert Thomas. We saw it last year. There were mm-hmm. times where they was like, oh, my goodness. Yeah, man. So why don't we take Jordan Cairo, who plays pretty well on the left side, stick him on the line with Thomas and Tarasenko. You've got three speedy, dynamic guys now. Pavel Buchnevich, he had himself a season, but he prefers to play right wing, Donnie. Okay. And when he first came over here in the trade, he said, well, I prefer to play right wing. Didn't play much right wing last year. He played left wing on that line. Mm-hmm. Why don't we put him on the right wing with O'Reilly and Saad? Because Pavel Buchnevich, the way he plays, resembles David Perron more than any other forward in the lineup. Yeah. I, yeah, because he'll go in the corners, he'll dig, he's puck a possession, son of a bitch he, with the puck. Yeah, the yeah, whole thing. All of those things. He's very, very responsible defensively. Chief has said that you know next to Ryan O'Reilly, he's the most trusted guy defensively from his forward group. Kills penalties, Does you know can do all those things. So... My hamsters, who had a party up in my head, <laughs> came up with that as my top six. As Saad, O'Reilly, Buchnevich, Kairou, Thomas, Tarasenko. All right. I, I, I feel okay about that. Now listen. But would you what see the, the pushback okay. I'm expecting from that is why on earth would you break up Buchnevich, Thomas, and Tarasenko? Look at what they did last year. Well I, well, I mean, last year was kind of a luxury in the number of scores and things that we have we plain and simple don't have that this year so you have to make do with what you have and even if that means moving a player or two around i think the thing to me that still feels good and i'm waiting for you to tell me that it shouldn't is <laughs> is when you're telling me that shin and and barbie are on that third line that's still making me think that we have got a, a good amount of depth that is necessary in the Western Conference. Well, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna absolutely need that. I mean, sure. have to. We're gonna have great depth. In fact, up front will be deeper than we were last year as a hockey club because last year we were a three line team. If you look at you got some performances on the fourth line, uh, some nights from Dakota Joshua, some nights from Nathan Walker, a little bit from Logan Brown, a little bit from Tyler Bozak, but the fourth line never really had an identity mm-hmm. and they weren't really relied upon. This year's gonna be different. They've got some guys in the lineup now you can trust. And, you know, Logan Brown's an interesting name, too. I was just going to bring him up and what you think about him going into the year. This is a big year. It's a big year I mean, for a Brown. a huge year for his it career, is. right? It is, because he 
He's at the point now. He's got the one-way deal, playing you know one-way contract, same situation as Clem Costin. He was with this team almost all of last year. Didn't play a lot, but when he was called upon, played mostly fourth line. He did get some power play time where he should be. But what can he do with that now? What does he do at camp? Because he's either going to be a top three line guy or maybe he doesn't play on this team. Mm -hmm. Because Logan Brown can give you fourth line shifts, but that's not where you're going to use him. That's not where you can maximize his ability. He's an offensive guy. He's a creative offensive mind. He's got great skills, great passer. He's six foot seven. He's got a great reach. He possesses the puck very well. He's getting bigger and stronger. So this is his moment to make a jump. To, to push somebody out of the way. Right. Maybe a third-line spot or higher. Who knows? Right. We have got a new sponsor for the Last Minute Blues podcast, and that is my dentist, Dr. James Maxwell and Crestwood Dental Group. Listen, let me tell you something, people. I had a fear of going to the dentist, so much so that I let uh, my, you know, the, the health of some of my teeth it got to a point where there was always pain. There was always something going on. I was introduced to Dr. Maxwell, and he has made such a huge difference in my life. I love my smile. I'm proud of my smile. My kiddos love going to Dr. Maxwell's office, and they are not going to start their life with that anxiety when they got to go to the dentist's office. It's a wonderful thing. If you need a dentist, listen, Dr. Maxwell and his team are going to take great care of you. Not only is the staff amazing, but... Dr. Maxwell is constantly learning. He is learning the latest and the best about dentistry. He uses lasers. There's also different ways with x-rays. Listen, this is as up-to-date of a dental office as you're going to get with the best service that you can humanly possibly find. They're off of Watson Road, and you can give them a ring today and make an appointment at 314-463-5655. That's 314-463-5655. It's Dr. James Maxwell, Crestwood Dental Group. Group, a proud sponsor of the Last Minute Blues podcast. There. Okay, so uh, starting next week, and I know I saw that this is going to be um, broadcast on the on on the Blues YouTube channel. But is the 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 rookie tournament in Traverse City? Traverse City, yeah. So when you're watching these games, Jamie, like, what do you what do you, first of all? Will you be watching them? I assume that you will be. Yeah, I'll watch them, and, and then. What, what are you looking for? You know what I mean? What do you, what do you well, see from these kids? Here's the thing. You have quite a gap in the players that will be there. You've got some top prospects, and you've got some guys that are fillers. Mm-hmm. Not in a bad way, but they're maybe they're kind of American Hockey League players. Let's see what they can do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you're looking for your top prospects to dominate. That's what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. And you're looking for surprises. Guys you didn't think were on the radar to, whoa, who's that guy? Wow, let's bring him to main camp. Mm-hmm. Out of nowhere, out of nowhere, every year you have a guy. It didn't. It wasn't Colton Pareko one of those guys that came out of nowhere up there, or no? Well, a little bit, yeah. Okay. I mean, because he came from what Fairbanks, Alaska. Mm-hmm. Uh, then he got brought to the Chicago Wolves. Uh, but you know, his size and his speed separated him pretty quickly. Okay, so yeah, he he did kind of surprise. Uh, as far as just how quickly he was developing, but he, he, the individual, was not much of a surprise. Six foot six on the ice when you fly around like that, it's pretty hard to hide. Right, you know, right. it makes, makes perfect sense. Yeah, especially since there are a lot of uh, kids that he's playing against at that point that are still, you know, eighteen, nineteen years old. Yeah, um, but that's the thing. So this tournament, you want to see Jake Neighbors and Zachary Bolduc specifically dominate. 
You want to see these guys just dominate. See what you've got there. You want your goaltenders to perform well. You want your D to adapt well. And you want your D to play good against the other team's top, you know, their, their blue-chip prospects. Yeah. That's what you're looking for. What do you see? Do you see Jake Neighbors making this team? You think he's spending the year in, in the AHL? <sighs> comes down to what kind of an impact can he have on the team, and is it beneficial for Jake Neighbors? Mm-hmm. Two questions right there. Because if he can't have a big enough impact on this team, is it beneficial for Jake Neighbors to be here? No, it isn't. No. It's more beneficial for him to go down to the American League, play on the first line, first power play, penalty kill. All those minutes. Play 20 minutes a game as a forward and develop. And play against men. He's never played against men before. Mm -hmm. Like, he played last year eight games or nine games before he got sent back to junior. And in junior, he was one of the oldest guys. Right. So, and he and he ran it. He did right? a great job. Yeah. But when you're the biggest dog in the yard, it's not hard to bully everybody around. Right. The jump then to the American League, where you've got guys that you have to be 20 years old or older to play in that league, you're the little dog again. And now you've got guys, you've got guys like me. I remember the end of my career, I was 33 years old playing the American Hockey League. You think I'm letting a little squirt like Jake Neighbors muscle me? That ain't happening. No, no way. <laughs> I got a family. I got four kids to feed. <laughs> right. Better buckle up, Buttercup. <laughs> Welcome to the show, buddy boy. That's Welcome right. to the show. So it's good to see him perform consistently against that kind of competition. Um, but if he comes to camp and he's ready to go and it looks like he can play top three lines, it looks like he can play part of your penalty kill, then you ride that a little bit, especially if nobody else seizes it, right? So if Clem Costin is meh, if Logan Brown is meh, if anybody else is Meh. Jake Neighbors is kind of, okay, Jake's going to get an opportunity. Right. So it's up to Jake to outperform those guys, and it's up to those guys to not underperform. Yeah, absolutely so. It's getting to be about the best time of the year for a sports fan. You've got football starting, baseball's in the thick of the pennant races, and we're not far away from hockey. Like This is like my favorite, and it's also getting to be where it's not 6 billion effing degrees outside on top of it. Like It's my favorite time of the year. It's awesome. I love this so much, and and, and even in just thinking about this team, like I feel like they are going to, with as well as the Cardinals have seemingly been playing, for the first time in a couple of years, the Blues might sort of come in and start the season a little bit under the sports radar in St. Louis, and maybe that's an okay thing as they're kind of re- configuring this team without Perron and whatnot. The, the best case scenario for St. Louis sports fans is that the Blues beginning of the season is almost irrelevant Yeah, because the Cardinals are playing for a World Series. Yeah, absolutely. And then the other flip side of that is that the Cardinals season is irrelevant while the Blues are going for a Stanley Cup. 100%. That's, that's when we're all winning. You know, I want to ask you this, man, uh, and, and it's not a, a hockey question, but it can work for any and all sports. And it's something that I've kind of touched on here in the podcast. Um, but one of the things that, like, I really do try to do as a sports fan, man, is that I try to learn. I try to make educated guesses or, you know, educated opinions, right? And so every year, it is like clockwork. As you move up to the trade deadline, the John Mazalock haters in this town, they (laughs) just spew the venom. Here is my question for you, Jamie, especially after this last trade deadline, with the moves that he made that have been spot on the money. At what point does the fan get off of his nuts and let him <laughs> be one of the best GM VPs of baseball in the game? And listen, 
I would have loved to have Juan Soto too. I would have loved for, but I mean, the reality is the guy does an incredible job. So shouldn't sports fans, especially in the baseball mecca of America, <laughs> be a little bit smarter than that? So here's where John Mosellock causes problems for himself. Because he's not likable? Well, no, I didn't say that, Donnie. I, I did. <laughs> I think John Mosellock is a very likable guy. Mo, I know you're listening. <laughs> Sorry, Mo. <laughs> um, no, no, you're right. He comes across sometimes as maybe talking down to the fans a little bit, right? But that's besides the point. Let's keep it to what he does. John Mosellock wins trades. He never wins the offseason. Yeah. That's the problem. So people that go into the offseason, you look at the offseason we just had, like mm-hmm. Steven Matz. Yep. Like you're like, what? And that was pretty much it. Who that well, that kind of yeah. was it. Yeah. Right? Oh, Albert Pujols. But everybody at the time thought, it's a token signing, you know. Yep. It sure wasn't. Yeah. But the the rotation fell short on arms. They had problems earlier on in the season. They didn't have enough starters. They didn't have enough pitching. They didn't, yeah. like, so people are like, well, you had all freaking off season. Paul DeYoung, they didn't trade him or move him, and they didn't go sign another shortstop. Well, Paul DeYoung's now in Memphis, right? Not right now, but he was at that yeah. point. So people are like, you had all offseason to do something, Mo, and you did nothing. You did and they get so angry. But then they kind of forget that he's traded for Paul Goldschmidt for relatively nothing. Yeah, uh, He's traded for Nolan Arenado to, for relatively nothing and got $51 million back in the deal. And then he's traded for Jordan Montgomery. He had to trade a good player, Harrison Bader. Yeah. But he got one of the Yankees' top guys. The Yankees didn't realize until they traded him. Now look at the Yankees. Oh, man. Right? right? And then Jose Quintana, who was in Pittsburgh, he knew what he was getting there. So the trades, he gets an A+. plus For the offseason, he usually gets like a C. Yeah. It's it's just so crazy. And so that's why people ride that wave of, yay, Mosellock to boom. Yeah. It's, a, it's, it's difficult, though. You To win the offseason, you have to open up your wallet. Mm-hmm. In a big way. And that's just nothing that we're going to ever do. But here's the thing is, the Cardinals ha- are in the top ten in payroll mm-hmm. in all of Major League Baseball. So it's not like they sit on their wallet and don't spend. They're just not going to spend $30, 40000000 on a player. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Or long term. So what John Mosellock does is he holds on to his money and accrues his assets, which is players and, and whatnot, and then he goes and makes trades. And he wins the trades. Man, I mean, he really... And also, too, I just want to point this out, and they talked about it on the broadcast last night, but how about Paul Goldschmidt virtually having a triple crown season, and it is not even close to the top storyline going on, and the best part is, Goldschmidt doesn't care in the slightest that he's not brought up that way. No, Goldie would uh, rather wear just an invisible cloak 100 play baseball, <laughs> and that's it. That's it. But it's so unbelievable. That guy's... I mean, I think he's... He's second in home runs, second in RBIs, and maybe first in average or second in first average? First in average, first in RBIs, second in home runs. Incredible. And, and, and this town is so drunk with pool holes, we don't even know that it's going on. How about Arenado? Poor guy. He's having an MVP season, but he's absolutely eclipsed by Goldies out of this world season and Albert's incredible performance. Man, when it comes to Arenado, man, I tell you what, I love, I honestly think I could watch that guy do fielding drills. Like, I, 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 he reminds me, I mean, I think he's better, but, like, I love Scott Rowland and just the way those guys pick it over there, man. Oh, Donnie, don't you open that can of worms. What? Oh, boy. Oh, of who's better? Cardinals fans get heated. They've got your Rowland side of things, and you've got your Arenado side well, of things. Well, but, 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 see. Don't you dare say he's better than Scott Rowland defensively. 
But he is. I, but I think he is, and I think Scott Rowland was great. G-R-E-A-T. Great. I, I agree. I don't understand why you can't be both. Like, you can't be a 1 and a 1A sort of situation. You can, Donnie, but you're talking about Cardinals fans who are very passionate. And when they dedicate themselves to a player, that's it. I like being a Cardinal fan, but I also hate the best fans in baseball at the same time. <laughs> I absolutely do. That makes no sense to me. I got one more thing before we, before we wrap up. All right. And it's a personal thing. Oh, boy. My parents today. Yes. Don and Debbie Mueller celebrating their 49th wedding anniversary. Wow. How cool is that, 49 man? 49 years. 49 years. Wow. My dad gets my mom three cards every year, and then they drive from Florissant to Pierre Marquette State Park and have dinner at the restaurant there, and that's their that that's their anniversary. That's awesome. It's it just so amazing. So I just wanted to tell my mom and dad that I love them, and happy anniversary. Happy anniversary, Mr. and Mrs. Mueller. And we're going to throw a massive party for you guys next year, too, for 50. Yeah, we massive, are. massive. And if of course, I'm not there, then you can blame your son. <laughs> Very good. It's the Last Minute Blues podcast for Jeff Burton, Jamie Rivers, and Donnie Fandango. Let's go, Blues! The Last Minute Blues Podcast. Hear more at 1057thepoint.com. Powered by Together Credit Union. Empowering you to achieve your financial goals. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes. From running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.